Now, Abilena. Now, if you're tuned in or you're new to the Southwest, this is a wild pig-like animal. Kind of has a real heavy scent, scent gland. It's like a miniature hog. So if you're from the South, they don't grow 500 pounds. They grow 80 to 100 pounds. They travel in big packs. So there could be dozens from boars to sows to, to little piglets. Uh, they're cute and destructive for the gardens. And so if you've got, if you're in a neighborhood where you're in that wildland interface, actually you don't have to even be that. They roam around the neighborhoods just like they own the place. So we've invaded their, their space uh, and they're now making home in your backyard. Actually, they're, they were placed here. As growing up as a kid here in Prescott, Arizona, we never had javelina in our backyards. Never worried about it. Deer, rabbits, that kind of stuff. It's a new phenomena. Uh, they've come up from the lower deserts. That's back where we used to have to go if you were going to go find them. So Wickenburg, Congress, those areas down towards New River. As you get towards Phoenix, that's where their natural habitat. We never realized they could live. They're, they're up towards Williams, Flagstaff now. And so there's almost no place that they can live. The, they're, they're very strong. They've got a nose like a pig, and they, they basically rototill the garden up. And they're looking for roots, bugs, worms, grubs. That's, what they're, that's their natural MO. That's what they do. Well, they'll dig up your gardens and looking for that. And if they happen to find your vegetable garden, that's they're even better. It's like a bonus, like frosting on, on their on their dinner palate. Uh, they naturally seem to eat basic cacti, so they 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 can eat like prickly pear cactus. That's a regular thing for them. The root of your agaves and yuccas. That's a natural carbon uh, kind of carbohydrate for them they'll they'll dig up the plant eat the root and chuck the rest leave the hole and you're you come out the next morning going what just happened well that's a javelina pack came in and did that and so if you've got big packs like nesting under the oak trees in your backyard there's really no hope i mean you've got to you've got to actually fence them out there are some plants they just don't like. They just naturally, they get sick, or I don't know why. They seem to eat everything, but there's some things they just don't go for. And you'll see them out in the wild because they've just learned, oh, uh, cotoneaster. Uh, this is a, a, a natural shrub. Grows up, there's a great-leafed cotoneaster that grows. If you're hiking around the Bradshaws, Mingus Mountain, you'll see this shrub just growing. Nice evergreen, beautiful, just low maintenance and you can grow it in your backyard. They've learned, don't mess with that. It just tastes bad and makes me feel sick when I eat that. And so any of the Cotoneaster family, you're almost golden. You can't go wrong. It's more of a shrub thing. A juniper is the same way. So you've got wild junipers. We're in very large juniper forest areas. So if you've got that, any kind of juniper, they just know, oh, it smells bad. It's got that citrusy kind of smell. Don't mess with juniper. I'll just get sick and it's just not good. So they pass it by. And it would be several things like that. Cactus, generally they'll leave alone. But, you know, if they're after, if it's drought conditions, they, they haven't been bothering the cacti like we have seen in the, over the past because we're out of this drought thing. So 
stuff they prefer have been around so that we haven't had the pressure on them. But if we get dry at all for, for a moment, they'll go after those prickly pear cactus. They'll just burrow into stuff. So there's, there's quite a few. One that's surprising, you Californians, you'll love this. They leave alone Nandina or heavenly bamboo. So they'll, they'll leave alone. This, this is nice. It looks like, it looks like a bamboo plant, but it doesn't have that aggressive uh, runner system that just becomes a weed. Bamboo really is, it, it doesn't belong at the garden. It takes over. Eventually your backyard will be nothing but bamboo. Nandina doesn't do that. And so it's more tame. It's easier. It grows in containers, raised beds. It's just easy to grow. And animals don't bother. It's got a a white sap that they just don't care for. And so they leave it alone. Quite a few of the flowering shrubs, they don't bother. So smoke bush is famous right now. You've got uh, crepe myrtle. They seem to leave alone. Uh, what uh, Rosa Sharon, they don't bother. This beautiful hibiscus, you'd think they'd go after that, but they don't. In the spring, the spring bloomers, so forsythia, flowering quince, Lilacs, they seem to leave. They'll bother. They, they'll bother it if they get really desperate. There's nothing left for them to eat. They might try it, but they'd much rather, if there's anything else, they'll go after that. Vegetables. There are no vegetables. If you like to eat it, a pig-like animal is going to like to eat it too. Just no getting around that. You're going to have to fence that off, put it on the deck. They'll actually, I got a friend of mine at the base of uh, Thumb Butte. He's got a story and a half stepway, steps to his back deck overlooking this beautiful vista. The pigs figured out how to climb us like, I don't know, 20 steps to get to the containers on his, on his front deck. So he had to actually put a child gate at the top of the deck. So keep them out. I mean, go, go figure. We get creative. I've heard some folks using carpet tacks. So those, um, uh, wood strips with the nails coming through. They'll put those at the base of their steps going to the deck or the porch and they get stuck on it and they did kind of deters them. So you've got a booby trap almost. So they're, again, it's sort of a makeshift fence. They're fencing them out so they don't get up onto the deck so they can have, have a space that they can grow things without them. So for our backyard, we've got cedar fence. So our HOA allows us to have cedar fence. Can't have chain link or some others, but cedars allowed and, and the iron. So that in the backyard, along with dogs, dogs have a way of, of shooing things off. The problem is javelina are nocturnal. They come out at night. Well, what are your pets doing with you? They're sleeping indoors with you. They don't, they're just, they're conked out. They don't even realize there's a pack of 20 javelina tearing up the backyard. They might give you a, a notice, but yeah, it's not reliable. Fencing. If you're going to have beautiful flower gardens, if you're going to have beautiful harvests out of the backyard, you need a space you can protect them from the javelina. And I think bunnies and other stuff. So they're going to like eating your lettuce. That kale, spinach, oh, it's there. They can't resist it. It tastes too good. And so they're, they actually smell it and go, I want that. They can lift cheesy fences. If you just kind of slightly tack down a fence, they'll just lift it up and come right on through. So a true way to keep them out. Highly effective, very high effectiveness is electric fence. So put a 12 volt, a single wire, a foot off the ground with 12 volts going through it. Boy, that just keeps them out of an area. 
So I use that in some spaces as well. In fact, when I put the wire out, I actually put a piece of tin foil, aluminum foil on top, just let it float on top of the wire. And I put some peanut butter underneath on the bottom on, on that uh, piece of metal aluminum foil. And they went for it. They wanted that peanut butter. And then the next morning I came out and there was just wire laying everywhere. Just they did knock down. The whole herd must have freaked out. Just the single, the lead boar kind of went, oh, this is good. And then hit the wire, got a jolt, and it kind of zapped his, kind of slapped him on the nose. And all the rest of the herd went, Wah! and they have not been back since. And so that's highly high, about one foot off the ground. Just put some, some rebar. You can go down to Olson's Grain, a cow ranch. Any ranch feed store is going to have electric fence because that's the only way to keep horses from nibbling on the corral, to keep cattle in. Well, it also works on javelina very well. I've got it. I don't like those yellow insulators. So I put it in the gardens. I can't, don't even encircle it. I just run the wire through and then I spray paint that green and brown. I kind of camo it because I don't want to see, I don't want to see electric fence, uh, but I want them, I want it to be live. Then I put it on a timer. So it runs from 10 p.m. at night till six in the morning because the dogs, if one of our dogs gets zipped, I'm going to hear about it. Not from the dogs, from, from Lisa. She's going to look, hey, you can't do that. But I put it on a timer, just comes on when they're out there in the middle of the night. And then it goes off when she's out. I, mean, I don't want to get zipped. I don't want my wife to get zipped. I don't want my cat's dogs to get. It's not going to hurt them. doesn't burn them. But it sure makes them yelp where uh, they kind of go, whoa, I don't like that. So anyway, electric fence. We've got a whole list of javelina resistant plants here at the garden center. We'd be glad to share that with you. Ask for it the next time you visit. Be right back. <laughs> 